Hello, everyone. Welcome to Game Junk Prototype, episode 45, recording on Saturday, January 23rd. And my name is Frank. <laughs> my name is Sean. And my name's Andrew. Well, it's a big, big episode. Huge news. Xbox Live pr- price increase, then decrease. The Copo got him. We're going to be talking about that. We got uh, Resident Evil 8 demo, which I played. Sean, can't believe you didn't play. And some news surrounding that game. And a bit of Star Wars stuff we didn't cover last week. And, of course, what we played. You guys doing all right? How's life? Good. Very well, good. It's pretty good, yeah. No complaints. I was completely checked out of the video game world this week, so you guys will have to carry all the the news well, there's news. For once, there is some news. So, All right, well, let's get to it. First uh, order of business. Xbox Live announced they were increasing their price, right? Wasn't it almost double, like the same price applied to basically half of the year? I, yeah, I read the initial announcement, and it was really confusing because they have so many different ways that you can buy. So just, just to clarify, too, this was Xbox Live Gold. had nothing to do with Game Pass, so initially I was also like, oh, I don't care. I've got Game Pass. Uh, but yeah, I guess some people were saying it doubled in price, which I guess is the case to, if you do the six-month uh, pass. So they got rid of a 12, the 12-month 12 one, which used to be $60. Or no, yeah, $60. And then the six-month one went up in price to $60, which means it's now $120 for the year if that's how you do it. So, yeah, a lot of people were pissed. Yeah, and I didn't even know. I just saw the news story right now that it got reversed, that they said, we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, huge uh, (laughs) PR disaster for Microsoft. I mean... I saw a lot of stuff about this is supposed to be the best value in games and stuff like that and what happened. And uh, I guess they thought it was too good of a value, perhaps, and maybe that was all part of their plan. Remember when we were kind of questioning how you could basically upgrade your account to, although that doesn't make that much sense either. Like we were able to get like grandfathered into game pass ultimate. Like I have three years almost, and I was able to top that up. So we thought it might be an error or something like that, but then we're like, maybe they just want people in the ecosystem, so to speak. And I don't know. Maybe it was so people would talk about how good of a value it is and then jump on at this higher price. I have no idea. But I guess it doesn't matter anymore because we're talking about news that has been officially rescinded. It is no longer news. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it it definitely, I think it has proved to be the case that they want people in the ecosystem. It wasn't some weird error. They knew that people could sign up for very cheap for Game Pass. But this move, originally, a lot of people were speculating that it was that they wanted to push all the Xbox Live Gold subscribers to Game Pass, which, you know, if I was subscribed to Xbox Live Gold, I don't know why I wouldn't have jumped up to Game Pass already. But yeah, this probably would have pushed you to it because why not get all the extra stuff and be paying about the same amount? I don't know if it was exactly the same amount. Like, I think... No, it was How definitely is- more for Game Pass, but it's it's kind of like what you were saying. I interpreted it the same way. They're like, well, they just want people to basically say, well, I might as well pay for Game Pass at that point. And right, 
But I guess what they didn't count on is that there are a lot of people who subscribe to Xbox Live Gold specifically for, you know, Fortnite, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, like just games that, you know, people who play just one game, that's all they play, but they want to play online with their friends and they subscribe to Xbox Live Gold. They don't care about Game Pass and this price increase just pissed them off like crazy. And so Xbox had to put out a statement. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. We messed up today, and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. That sounds like a, a Phil tweet. Is that correct? Uh, or an Xbox? I don't, I don't know. I don't it know. sounds like Phil. Uh, I guess my guess, this is pure speculation, I would think this was coming from top-level Microsoft, potentially, or higher up. Maybe. It feels like, you know, Phil wouldn't want this. I think he would be against <laughs> it. Uh, and, you know, maybe he, he said, this is a bad idea, but they said, too bad, we're doing it. And this is what happened. So you got what you wanted. You don't have to, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Well, Either way, well, I don't think, like... There is one other point to be made here, though, is not only did they rescind the changes that they were going to make, they went an extra step and they announced that they're going to be changing how free-to-play works with Xbox Live Gold. Because up until now, free-to-play games, you still had to have Xbox Live Gold in order to play online with people. And now they're saying that won't be the case anymore. Oh, okay. So, Which I, you I know, my cynicism, PlayStation. my cynicism is not what it once was. You know, I've kind of calmed <laughs> down a bit. But I didn't even consider this angle. You think maybe they said they were going to jack up the price knowing people would get angry to get a bunch of publicity so they could seem like the good guys to just say, okay, we, we take it back. I think that is highly possible. I don't think they seem like good guys. Like, they definitely having that little extra announcement at the end was sort of like an olive branch, but I don't think that... Maybe they planned... But what if they planned to do that anyway? Light. What if they planned to make, like... And I guess I a lot of people were arguing that on PC, you don't need Xbox Live to play online with Game Pass for PC. Right. So that was another kind of wrinkle to this whole thing. But I could definitely see, you know, well, we say we're going to do it, and then it seems like we're making it even better. I, I don't know. That's very conspiratorial. I don't want to push <laughs> yeah, it too I hard, I but that, I think but... it could happen. I really do. Because, I mean, they probably already just, you know, from that initial announcement, pushed a bunch of people over to Sony's side, people who maybe played with their friends on Xbox all the time and were like, okay, it's time to make the jump. I mean, this is a big company. Do you think if they were going to make a decision like this, they don't, like, put a survey out or get some results to see... I mean, that seems kind of weird that they just like, say, oh, we're, you, we're just going to do this. Yeah. Like, how do you make an announcement like that, that just, how do you get so blindsided by the backlash? How are you so unaware of, you know, exactly. all these people That's on Xbox why Live Gold? I'm tuned into this cynical angle. Right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. They, def they definitely should have had the numbers of like the number of gold subscribers only. And maybe if it was a large enough number, they would have seen, oh, maybe these people would be pissed if we double the cost. Uh, <laughs> it does seem a little weird that they would just drop this hammer and be like, go to a Game Pass, basically. <laughs> and then 
and then not be surprised when there was this outlet uh, uh, this outrage yeah it just it seems a little strange to me that they would not have the numbers and not anticipate this but you never know like i think frank was saying there maybe the higher up said let's try to push everyone to game pass no matter and we'll so we'll double the cost of gold just so we don't have to have all this accounting for like multiple versions of this online subscription thing, just to simplify it on the back end for them. You know, if you only have Game Pass and that's it, then obviously it's easy for everyone. Everyone has either, you know, one one account or no, one, like, you know, Game Pass or nothing. So maybe that was part of their thinking as well. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's pretty pricey if all you're doing is playing one game online. So it's tough. Yeah. It is a little weird as well because, I mean, if I was a higher up, and again, I'm not a financial person. I'm always wrong about what companies are going to do well financially. I have no idea. But part of me would be like, people who are paying for Xbox Live Gold, as long as they buy one other game or two other games at some point, we're kind of getting that money anyway. Like the, Like, it's actually a good value in the sense that we'd be better off if people didn't know about game pass potentially and still bought the games on their own. Like that amount of money might balance out if people just don't know about the value and pay for games. Yeah. If you think that all those Xbox live gold subscribers are people also buying other games. Yeah. Potentially some of them are, I mean, they should have the data on all that stuff. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like they clearly have their blinders on, and Game Pass is the absolute like focus right now, and they made a big mistake. But to be fair, Game Pass is really good. So maybe they just don't. Maybe it costs them a lot of money internally to maintain these different systems. I can't see it being that hard to do, honestly. But who knows? I've I have no idea. I've never handled something of that scale before. So. And I wonder if maybe they ran the numbers on Game Pass and maybe they're not adding up. So they were hoping that yes. by <laughs> forcing more people to upgrade, they'd be able to cover the cost of Game Pass. I think that's but, it. I think that is it. I think it is yeah. too much of a, a good value right now in, yeah. in terms of what it might be costing them. I totally agree. I think some there does seem to be somebody, Especially adding the, e, the EA stuff. Like, Isn't there yeah. rumors of another... Company. Yeah, there was rumors that Ubisoft might join Game Pass as well, but just a rumor, just a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> but some people brought up that I don't think Xbox Live Gold prices have increased in quite some time, so that could also have been an issue. Just expenses went up and they had to do something. But you got to imagine though, if you're going to double someone's cost, they're not going to be happy. Like that's not really inflation when you're uh, doubling the cost. I saw some comments like, you know, gradually do this. Like, you know, Netflix is always kind of just pushing it here and there. And then they say, if you're already a subscriber, we'll put off this change for a while or something like that. And, you know, there's maybe a more subtle approach. That's again, where my uh, conspiratorial angle starts to come in or cynical angle. I should say it's not a conspiracy, just that they they knew they weren't going to do it and they needed some free publicity in the month of January. Maybe. So no, think no about it. Think how. Think about how much people were talking about this. Just saying, talking about Game Pass, potentially the value of Game Pass, and they didn't have to pay for an ad on TV. They didn't have to do anything. Yeah, 
How can you not even consider that that's a possibility? Seems a little crazy to me. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> not likely, but possible. And in the end, nothing changed. Like, if you were going to propose, okay, we're going to actually make certain online play free, like the requirements of gold or something like that. Should we just say we're going to do that? Will that even move a needle? Will anyone really care? Versus five days and three stories of people going back and forth. And now tell me I'm wrong. Now I'm convinced that's what happened. That was all. We're going to lower the requirements to play online games on our system. How can we get as much publicity and talk about the xbox ecosystem and game pass over a week or two weeks but this all happened in 24 hours frank well like they announced it yesterday and then they rescinded it by like the end of the by was like it yesterday or something yeah well then time is moving so slowly in quarantine <laughs> that it literally felt like a week for me since i first heard about this this is crazy all right yep. i think we're done with this topic agreed agreed to wrap it all up Almost nothing has changed. <laughs> Next story. <laughs> Life is the same. <laughs> uh, in somewhat new news, the Resident Evil Village demo dropped on PlayStation 5, and they had a showcase event and showed some gameplay footage, which I didn't watch that much of. I just skimmed through it now. I did play the demo. Um, I will say I enjoyed the demo. I actually thought it was... A little confusing. I, I, I can't talk about it without getting into details, but there's some weird stuff in the first area where you like don't reveal. I had to restart a checkpoint. Like I thought I was lost or something was wrong. So I started it over. And when you try to burn through it, you actually have to pick certain things in order for other things to get revealed. It felt very un- Resident Evil-like in some ways, the design. Anyway, uh, there's not a lot in the demo. It's very simple. I thought what I did like... First of all, it looks amazing. I think that's what most people are saying, and I agree. Like, almost photorealistic in a lot of ways, which reminds me of the Unity, or not Unity, pardon me, Unreal uh, stuff Huck was posting about, right? That, like, apartment building that, I mean, it looks real. It's ridiculous. Oh, that was Unity. The that thing was I Unity? posted? Oh. Yeah, that was Unity. Oh, shit. I take it back. It was Unity. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, you did a. Didn't you make something in Unreal on PlayStation, though? Uh, no, I was telling you that they they unlocked that Unreal demo that they showed. Oh, um, okay, okay. What's it called? The one with the, the woman walking through the caves. Yes. So I right. was able to run that on my PS5 oh, okay. dev kit. Yeah, I got a little confused. Sorry. That's what I was talking about with Unreal. And then that apartment scene was Unity. Okay, well, that looked amazing. And Resident Evil Village looks very good. I think... I like the mansion. You kind of work your way up from a dungeon into a mansion, which feels a lot like the original Resident Evil mansion. Is it the actual same mansion? It felt very similar. I mean, I don't know Resident Evil lore at all. So uh, if it is, that's kind of neat, I guess, uh, from the first game. And I think Resident Evil 1 remaster is coming to Games with Gold in February. So maybe there is something there. I have no idea. But uh, it was a pretty short, not a lot going on in the demo, but it was fun, I guess. I was going to buy the game anyway, so uh, it didn't really move my needle in any direction. I've never played PT, so... 
Really? I really should play PT. I have it on one of my consoles, I think. Don't like consoles that have PT on it. Can't you sell it or something? <laughs> Probably. Well, maybe I deleted there, it. There oh are my ways. God, I think I deleted it. There are ways to get it still. I was looking into it because I deleted mine, and I had it at one point. But apparently there's like a way to download it through your PC and send it back to the PS4 or something. I, I, I don't know. Google it. There's, there's some weird way. I don't care. <laughs> Let's get real here. Uh, <laughs> but, Sean, you're a big RE guy. I can't believe you didn't play the demo. I'm shocked. shocked well, I did download it, just didn't get around to it yet. But, I mean, big RE guy, yeah, but it's weird. Like, I had, I haven't finished uh, 7. Well, let me say, big RE sense. guy, but primarily RE4. And if I was going to say this game reminds me of any Resident Evil game, it is 4. Oh yeah, well, like just cool. from the stuff I've seen in the trailers, like the this kind yeah, of yeah, that's true. Gothic now, village and stuff like that. Now with the with the demo, from what I understand, I, I mean I don't know if this is actually a slice of the game. I think it's like a totally separate thing. I don't think this is part of the game, and I don't think it represents what the gameplay is like because the gameplay trailer that I watched, um, you know, there, like there's no combat in the demo that you played right no there is an area that you can fail in and i was surprised i thought it was the end of the demo and i died and actually had to replay a bunch that i'm like i have to play this boring shit over again like come (laughs) on uh but it's not combat there's like an evasion moment in the demo but correct yeah so i mean from what i saw the in the gameplay one interesting thing is that blocking is a uh, part of the combat now that so was in seven. To... Oh, was it yeah i don't even remember that but uh so i mean I, there is some new some new wrinkles or at least I, what seemed new to me but um but yeah i mean I, I don't have too much to say based on what i've seen of this game so far i mean i'll definitely be picking it up we were talking about vr which the last game was playable entirely in VR, and I I did play a chunk of it in VR. Seems like that's not happening with this one. They did not announce that at the showcase. There's been no real mention of it, uh, which is a little disappointing. Uh, Yeah, I could have swore they said it was going to be VR at some point, but nothing seems to have followed up with that, and... No mention of it anywhere. People are speculating that it's going to be announced with uh, PSVR 2 or something like that. Uh, I I doubt that that would happen by May, but I guess it's possible. Well, or it could so come yeah, later, I, technically, I guess. I guess the, new, the release date is news as well. They hadn't set a release date, I don't think, up until now. So it's not too far off. One thing I got from the what trailer, What was the release too, date? Sorry, what was the release date? May 7th, right? May 7th, is that? May 7th? On the store, it said May 6th, but in the trailer I watched, it said May 7th. I don't know if maybe that's different regions. Hmm. Yeah, it says May 7th. Um, One thing, too, story-wise, I was getting a bit of a, uh, like, a Me Too vibe, which I thought was kind of strange for Resident Evil, like, trying to be, like, politically relevant or something. Um, I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but just the fact that that woman who seems to be central to the marketing, there's there's a bunch of like female 
enemies and they seem to i don't know some of the dialogue seemed to call out like killing men something to do with that i don't know maybe i'm just i did not it. uh really watch the story trailer i just skimmed through everything so I, i'm not sure hmm. cannot okay. confirm or deny i would say uh that i don't think it's the mansion from the first one like you were saying this uh, this seems more like a castle on a hill right isn't the mansion kind of in the fields well of, i saw like, raccoon from, city from inside right so i think this potentially takes place a long time ago i could be wrong i guess because the guns are modern yeah i I was getting the vibe that it was potentially like really old like you're in these kind of catacombs and maybe it got rebuilt or something like that i have no idea but yeah Mm -hmm. i guess some of the the skimming over the trailer did reveal i think modern looking guns and uh that's Mm -hmm. probably not the case i let's just say then i got vibes of the definitely heavy vibes of the first mansion uh, yes. Within this. Well, especially like that they show like a dining room with like a long table, which is very reminiscent oh, of that. Like the main hall. One of their first rooms. And like the yes. staircases and stuff like that. It, And you're you're on the balcony. And I guess all the Resident Evil games I've played recently have, except for maybe three, have something similar to that. Like the police station also feels a lot like the first mansion in part two, at least the main hall. And... Uh, Seven, the house in seven had some vibes like the mansion as well. So, but I must say, when I was watching this, I was getting now I haven't played really any Resident Evils in a while. I did not play seven, I played through six, but I don't really have any recollection of what it was about. I played like most of one, I don't think I played two or three, I played some of four or some of five, but this was giving me more like a Dracula vibe than like a t-virus resident evil vibe now did that change in resident evil 7 like did they go away from the t-virus thing i mean it's not a heavy part of the story it's more about this family like it feels like texas chainsaw massacre or texas chainsaw massacre part two in some ways probably more part one but this there's definitely a tie-in with part seven like a character from part seven is featured at the beginning of the trailer and I think they're just kind of now picking a different horror theme where it was kind of dirty horror uh, in part seven. This feels more gothic horror. And I don't know. I kind of like this direction they're going. And as I said, I played Resident Evil 7 recently, and I, it was way better than I thought it was going to be based on what people were telling me about it. And I would highly recommend it. It is on Game Pass right now, the best value in gaming. And... <laughs> It is an amazing game. And like just short. It's reasonable length. I admit the third act is not as strong as the first two, but I was loving playing Resident Evil games over the last couple of years. They they're the perfect length. And then if you want to burn through them again to get more replay value, I think there's value or there's interesting things to do on a replay at the same time. So, I'm really into Resident Evil these days and I will be uh eagerly anticipating village and it's one of the coolest logos ever right like the eight inside village let's let's be honest here (laughs) yeah i'm gonna have to go back and play i mean i've been meaning to play two and three for a while now and obviously it seems like i'm gonna have to play seven before this one comes out so i got a lot of uh re ahead of me yeah let's see how that goes (laughs) i hope you do it sean two and three are not long get on it 
Yep. All right, last piece of news. Sean is dying to talk about this. <laughs> it is well, big Star Wars announcements, and I'm going to leave this to Sean. This is Sean's baby. So give it to us. Sure. I mean, I, I don't have that much to say about the specific announcements, but there was kind of an interesting... Seems like it hints at an interesting trend that's happening in games. So they, they announced, first of all, that Lucasfilm Games is back as a umbrella for Star Wars stuff in particular, but also we know there is an Indiana Jones game in the works now too. Um, and with that announcement uh, and some of the games they've announced is the revelation that EA is no longer the exclusive rights holder for Star Wars games, which a lot of people are happy about. So they, they announced that um, Ubisoft is working on an open world Star Wars game Details are slim, but I, you can imagine how the Ubisoft open world format, formula, whatever, is would be applied to Star Wars. That could be pretty cool. And then uh, Bethesda is doing an Indiana Jones game. I think it's the studio that did Wolfenstein. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the Ubisoft one, the specific studio is the one that did The Division or The Division 2. Yeah. Um, so that's cool, and I mean is that Indiana Jones or something is, like that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Indiana Jones is very intriguing just because there's never been really a great 3D Indiana Jones game. There's some classic point-and-click adventures that are good, but um, and one of them is coming to Games with Gold next month. So I'm kind of interested to check that out. But I mean, you you think about how there's never been a great Indiana Jones game, and then you look at uncharted and the tomb raider series and you're like how is that possible so i mean it's time to take from those games and actually make a good indiana jones game so just I'm steal back that's... what you created <laughs> exactly so well, that... when we talked about we've had many conversations i think about taking very popular video game franchises and reskinning them as intellectual properties right right i think some of my favorites were Who Framed Roger Rabbit and L.A. Noir. <laughs> We've the most obvious one, of course, is Indiana Jones and either Tomb Raider or Uncharted. Yeah, um, and so that, but that discussion seems to be playing out in the industry because you know we had the recent announcement that um, is it IO Interactive, the makers of Hitman, are doing a James Bond game. There's been a few others, and there was an interesting article on Kotaku that kind of talked about this. Uh, let me see. The, the headline is, Big Game Publishers Are Retreating Into the Safety of Hollywood's Back Catalog by Ethan Gack. And, uh, I mean, it's it's an interesting thought. I mean, is this good or bad? I don't know. But, we're we're you know, licensed games for years were kind of not very good. And, they you know, you would kind of take a property and throw it to a developer that maybe wasn't very well known, didn't know what they're doing because the, the, the big prestige developers wanted to do their own stuff. But now the big developers are getting these licenses and kind of applying their skills and their kind of honed game formulas to, to these licenses. And it's, and it's an intriguing proposition, but does that mean that we're not going to see as much original stuff? Like, is is the game industry heading in the same direction as the movie industry? It's possible. 
in the case of games, I don't know if that's the worst thing. I don't. I know I have talked about game stories and stuff like that not being that important or strong, as far as I'm concerned. So, I'm okay with basically taking like well created and beloved characters and making the gameplay fun around that. It doesn't feel as big of a drop off as sequel syndrome in the movie industry, I guess. I think it's also good because it gives, especially with like uh, IP like Indiana Jones, it gives them to the ability to actually continue on the series with like a Harrison Ford um, character, essentially. Obviously he can, probably not do indiana jones anymore or probably should not so like one more movie yeah i heard that but i mean <laughs> so you can kind of return to the the quote-unquote like glory days of the series with uh essentially the same actor but now in a video game format so you can still create additional stories for indiana jones using the like you know the the actual character that you grew up with and have them represented now I'm a little worried about this Indiana Jones thing because the company they have doing it, Machine Games, is known for, like I think Sean was saying, the Wolfenstein spin-off games, and those are all first-person games. And for me, when I think about Indiana Jones, I don't necessarily think of a game in first-person, so I don't know how this game will translate to Indiana Jones, uh, like a whip mechanic in first person seems weird. And well, I, I would also, assume the game isn't first person, but I could be wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, that is possible. I mean, uh, Gorilla did it with Horizon very successfully. They were a first person shooter company that transitioned to third, third person. And, I mean, they do have... They're now owned by ZeniMax, so they're going to have backing from, I think, Todd Howard. I think you guys mentioned it. What is directing it, or at least overseeing the project. And... Well, I mean, their games have third-person modes in them. I wouldn't say they're necessarily the ideal way to play those games, but um, so it just seems like it. I'm a little, I'm more concerned over that than like uh, Ubisoft taking over a Star Wars IP and making it kind of like an open-world kind of thing. That's just kind of my two cents. Totally speculation, but something to think about. Well, I mean, the so proof I'm, is that, I mean, you can look at another game though, right? Like if you, you have a reference for how camera should work, how platforming and stuff like that should work. I don't think there's anything like insane technology wise that they couldn't achieve. In a third yeah, I mean, is your game. concern just like animation or something? Because, you know, if you've been doing first person games for a long time, you're not focused on character animations necessarily or things like that. No, not necessarily. I think my concern is that the machine games first person, like they know how to make a first person game really, really well. So I, I kind of, I guess I have two thoughts. Like one, if they make a first person game, because that's what they've been used to, I'm worried that it won't translate to Indiana Jones. And then likewise, if they go third person, I'm worried that maybe they won't be able to take advantage of all the like skill and talent that they already have at the studio to make it as best as it could be maybe done by someone else that has more experience with third person games. Now, like obviously every studio is going to have 3d artists, animation artists, because like only the main player is really different, but there is 
different aspects to combat and things that come into a third-person game that you don't need to worry about in a first-person game. So there is some concerns from a player control standpoint and just like the mechanics of the player, but I don't think technically they won't be able to pull it off. It's more just like the polish level that could be missing. I don't know. That's just pure speculation. That's all I'm kind of worried about. Not necessarily grounded in any sort of fact. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the whip mechanic is an interesting point, though. I mean, you got to have that. I think that's been something that's been a problem with Indiana Jones games in the past. And I'm trying to think of games that have... I mean, I guess God of War kind of... I mean, it's not not really comparable, but... um, I don't know. Are there any other games with great whip mechanics that you guys can think of? The only thing I could kind of like equate is maybe like Bionic Commando as far as like a similar mechanic. But I hope, now I hope, is that they have worked out that whip mechanic and it is fun and that's why they announced the game. I hope they didn't announce the game and then have to figure out (laughs) how to make the whip mechanic fun. You know, I kind of hope they did it the other way around, but who knows? So I haven't played Doom Eternal. I think there is a grappling or something similar to a whip mechanic in that game. Uh, I don't know if they're sharing ideas between people in the Bethesda umbrella, but I mean, Uncharted 4, the grappling hook is pretty similar to uh, Mm. a whip mechanic as well. Obviously, a little... Like you could for the swinging, yeah, you could latch that on to a lot of different stuff that is longer than a whip, but I think uh they got some ideas cooking did did no i did bayonetta do something where she like whips her hair or something as like an attack? I'm trying to think of I've, I, like some games are popping in where there's like a hair whip mechanic, but I think they're all like two d not really three d like fighting games and stuff, but i I don't know. I'm sure there is examples of something that you could kind of equate to a whip. Yeah. But I can't think of any really off the top of my head as like examples that they could draw upon. Hmm. I mean, it's just what you do. You're going to take a disarm an enemy, probably mm-hmm. find a grapple point. What else can you do with a whip? Like do damage, I guess, to an yeah. enemy, like not disarm. But the other thing that uh, we didn't mention is that like in the trailer, they kind of hint that it's going to be in Rome in probably like the 1940s-ish time frame that it normally is, 1930s. So that's kind of cool that they're not sort of like going into like, you know, post, you know, 1960s or something with like an older Indiana Jones. It looks like they're doing a younger one. So that's going to be neat to kind of go back to that kind of roots of the time frame. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. In 2026. My counterpoint I was just thinking about was, does Winnie, I know Indiana Jones, his whip is like a big part of his character, but does he actually use the whip that much in the movies? I don't know if he does. It's used pretty sparingly. Yeah, but I mean, he uses all kind of weapons pretty sparingly. Like he pulls out his gun and then instantly like loses it pretty much. That's why I would think it's more about exploration, puzzle solving and story than it is about some of these action mechanics. Yeah, I mean, you'd think it would be basically like what Uncharted is, but with less gunplay. Yeah. And more hand-to-hand combat. So it actually might be first person, the more I think about it. Maybe. But then you're taking away like the the image of an iconic character Mm -hmm. on the screen. Yeah, it seems like 
something you wouldn't want to do. Yeah. And hand-to-hand combat in first person is not ideal, I would say. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, really. See Cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although I did download, I bought Ghost, is it Ghost Runner? Is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but I'm, I'm eager to try that out. Yeah, I've heard some good things about that. All right, are we moving on to what we played? Sure. I think so. All right, Huck, start us off. Oh, okay. I played uh, a game on Game Pass that is leaving this week, so you have to act fast to get on it. But I played a game called Gree, which is basically just like an artistic game. And at first, I wasn't really enjoying it, but then about halfway through, uh, I really started to enjoy it. And it's just basically a basic you know, platformer, 2D side-scrolling. Well, it's not completely uh, uh, one-dimensional side-scrolling, but it's it's essentially like an art piece uh, with a little bit of puzzles kind of worked in. Like, really, you're staying for the art, I would say. And the puzzles are pretty straightforward. The platforming's pretty straightforward. The bosses, I would say, are not really even bosses. They're they're kind of just like puzzles as well. You don't, there's no real combat to this game. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, they're not even that big of spectacles so far. I think I'm about halfway or two thirds of the way through the game. And like this part is really neat. Actually, if I, I'm just going to go back in the video, like this smoke effect that they have in that part there is really cool. Like it looks like real when you're watching it. I don't know if they actually simulated that or played some sort of like smoke video, to get that effect, it looks but like it, it looked it looks incredible, and really, I, like I'm enjoying it for what it is. Uh, I think if you had like really high expectations of some like cutting edge platformer, you'd be disappointed. But if you come in with just kind of an expectation of what it is, just this like artistic, uh, you know, artful game with with some platforming and some puzzles, I think you'll be really like pleasantly surprised, like I was. I did download it, seeing it was leaving, and uh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's really nice. It's definitely it definitely feels like a watercolor painting kind of come to life, and you're kind of experiencing. It, uh, I guess the gameplay mechanic is you're trying to unlock like the different colors. Essentially, it seems like the colors have been stripped from the world, and you're trying to unlock them back into the painting. So it's it's really neat. It's pretty short too, right? Just a couple hours or something? I believe so. I, I don't know. I checked on like how long is it dot com or whatever it is, how long to beat, and it said three hours, but I'm pretty sure I've played over three hours and I'm like maybe, you know, not halfway or three quarters of the way done. So you're I find just, those numbers you're just are gawking at the art too much. Right? I I guess or I'm running slower than I'm supposed to be able to run. I don't know, maybe there's a sprint button I don't know about. Uh Maybe I should look at that. <laughs> I mean, how, how long to beat is always like I add like five hours to that for me. Anyway. Yeah, that seems like probably a good good plan. So I will mention another game that is leaving Game Pass, uh, Indivisible. Has anyone heard of this game? Yeah, I played it for a couple hours already. Okay, I and I I knew I heard about it when they started their Kickstarter. Yeah, there was a like, Kickstarter. A a bunch of people who made Skullgirls, I think. Uh, yeah. I really didn't know much about this game. And it is really interesting. There's a combat system uh, where basically you have a party of four characters. 
Each one is mapped to one of the face buttons on the controller. You can kind of see it in this video now. So you, you choose when to attack with each character with YX, B or A, or uh, triangle, square, circle, cross. And it's kind of this real-time decision-making, uh, similar to a, it's a more intense Paper Mario or South Park combat. That's the main, I would say, core well, the, the best the best co- the best comparison is valkyrie profile i don't know if you ever played that no, game I on haven't. playstation because i was wondering this seems like too cool of an idea to not have been done before that might sound condescending yeah, it's but... it's ripped off basically exactly from valkyrie profile okay well i would definitely be curious to try that because i like the idea a lot and it actually reminded me of final fantasy 7 i would in a lot of ways i'd say it's a pretty big influence um the music is similar uh the a lot of different characters that you can experiment with and uh, change your party up. And it reminded me of the Final Fantasy VII Remake where you're doing kind of real-time decision-making and strategy. And I, I don't know, it's... I have to say, there are a lot of ideas in it. So the further I get, it's introducing new mechanics all the time. And I haven't even said there's a huge platforming Metroid-like component on top of everything as well. So there is a lot going on in this game. It's at times I'm at a point where I've learned so many things that I almost forget about powers that I have and when to use them in certain environment challenges. And I find I'm stuck. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I could do this new vaulting jump or something like that. So, um, for someone who plays a lot of games, it's interesting in that I'm, there's a lot of cool ideas. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. That's neat. Not everything works flawlessly. Uh, it might be a case of too much in a game, if anything. But it is really interesting, and I, I'm going to try to beat it. I, I'm thinking I'm maybe halfway through, and it's supposedly 25 or 30 hours. Uh, but I played it a lot this I- week. So I just checked how long to beat. It said 18, so 25 is probably right. Okay, so the, I think the <laughs> achievement guide I read said like 25 to 30, but you have to do some... So that's probably the full there. completion yeah. area? Oh, okay. So, um, but I'm kind of going down that path. Like, I, I explore everywhere. I'm just OCD with that. But I, I think it's really cool. Apparently, I don't know, there might have been... I didn't read into this too much. I heard that there might be or there were issues with the development and they stopped updating the game or something. I don't know anything about that stuff, but uh, I think the art style is cool. The main art style, which is 90% of the game where you're like the gameplay layer is amazing. Uh, I like the dialogue layer as well. There's some animated cutscenes that are probably the low bar of art quality in the game as far as I'm concerned, but they're few and far between. Uh, I like the voice acting. I like the writing on, some of the characters I think is really funny. Pretty good game. Kind of caught me by surprise. Cool. It's we're at a point. That's... I was thinking about this too. Like almost every game is good. Like the, you have examples of like what works and what doesn't work in games. And I think releasing a bad game, you're probably not going to make a lot of money unless it's licensed. So I think people are kind of aware of that and I'm sure there still are bad games that are kind of flooding uh, marketplaces, but a lot of stuff, especially on Game Pass, if you try it out, it's it's pretty good. Well, certainly a lot of games, if they have technical issues, get fixed eventually, right? Yeah. But. 
I don't know. It's the golden age of gaming. Fuck television. <laughs> wow. Okay. Maybe spinning off of that with a game that could be seen as a bad game is a game that actually one of my friends just released a couple days ago, which I did not know about actually until this morning when I was just like randomly looking through the games that were done on uh, Awesome Games Done Quick this year. And actually one of his older games was Speedrun. So I was kind of just following up with him about it saying, hey, your game's on here. And then I found out he released a game and the game is called Jank Brain. And it is a sort of rough-looking platformer game, but he tries to focus on. He basically just takes our assets off of the uh, off of the Unity Asset Store, and then he creates a game for basically no art budget, and he puts some time into the soundtrack, and then just makes sort of like he works on the physics of like the platforming and the shooting mechanics and all that stuff, and. The game is has some pretty fun little platforming areas, uh, but it just looks really, really basic and rough. Like, uh, you know, like he stole all the assets, though he obviously paid for them. But so this <laughs> is his third game that he's made, and the third one on PlayStation. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of like a quirky little, <laughs> fun little game that he he made up and sells in his spare time. So it's kind of cool that he could take the time and uh make these games kind of in a spare time and still have be able to ship them so you know shipping a game is half the battle if not 90 percent of the battle (laughs) so i mean that's kind of an art style of its own now right like (laughs) i guess so like cobbled together art stuff yeah i kind of kind of like it uh okay so i got a couple things i just want to mention cyberpunk still playing it hit act three Getting close to the end. Uh, I've kind of come around on... Sorry, Sean, I don't want to interrupt you, but I I really got laid into you last episode about cyberpunk, about being close to the end. And when we followed up after, I I was completely wrong, and I apologize. Like, there's only two acts, right? Isn't it prologue, two acts, and epilogue? Well, so the IGN guide that I was using divides it into three acts, but I never, there was no, nothing came up saying you're in okay. act three now. So yeah, I guess technically only two acts, but um, yeah, no worries, Frank, no worries. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting close to the end. I am coming around on the writing and the voice acting, which I kind of thought was not great to start with. I feel like I, I mean, I still think the main guy for the male protagonist is kind of hit or miss in terms of voice acting, but like, I'm, I just, I'm digging the story. There is a lot of sitting and watching and yet I'm somehow, I'm into it. Um, But I just wanted to bring up, so there's an interesting thing that happened when I was playing and I know, I think you talked about this with The Last of Us Part 2, Frank, where you were, um, when you get to the theater and you're walking around at the back and oh, you're design like, brain. Oh. And you're like, Oh yeah. You're like, gonna... okay, this, something's going to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> so I was playing cyberpunk and I was at the end of act two, there's like a mission you do in Japan town. And I was kind of on my way there and I decided to just sort of explore a bit. And somehow I like rode an elevator up in a building and I looked down and there was kind of like this ledge you could get to. And I like dropped down and I just started like, finding all these ledges and things and i was like this is crazy like this is just like this hidden area but like there's rooms where you can pick up stuff and i'm like 
man, like this is like there's so much stuff you can just explore here. And then eventually I get to the mission and it's literally going back through all that stuff that was pre set up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, maybe not so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was just weird because I was like, you know, I would get to zones and it would be flashing that you're in hostile territory, but there were no enemies there. And there were like doors that I was like, I feel like I should be able to get through this, but the door was locked. And yeah, it was all because it was set up for a specific mission. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Got to the, uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's a lot of uh, sex scenes in the game. I know there's certain characters you can romance, but there was a sex scene that was kind of hilarious. Uh, I won't say too much, but it involves like two minds being melded together, <laughs> sort of. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's been fun. Um, to be fair, I, Sean, you think all sex scenes are hilarious. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, so the game I was going to mention that I played only a little bit of, but I was kind of excited to try it out, and it hasn't fully clicked for me yet, The Solitaire Conspiracy. So this is from Bithel Games, um, who I, I, Mike Bithel did like... Um, Thomas Was Alone. Th- Thomas Was Alone, uh, I think... Did that John Wick hex game? Another subsurface circular. Game. Yeah, I haven't tried a lot of his other games. I was a big fan of Thomas Was Alone, though. But so this is basically solitaire, but it's got this spy kind of story and theme grafted onto it. And I was like, oh, this this seems like it'd be up my alley. It's kind of a quick pick up and play game that's just building on solitaire, but has a cool theme to it. And I am not totally into it yet i guess you know part of it is the so there's there's different teams of spies and each of them are kind of like a different set of cards and they have different abilities if the face cards have different abilities if you drop them on top of a pile it will do something and i have not really been able to get straight in my head like half of them don't really help you you know like it'll remix up the pile and like sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. I guess it's supposed to be like a risk reward thing, but like I hardly ever use it because I'm just like I don't know what's going to happen, so I don't bother using those things. And the it's got uh, FMV video with Greg Miller in it, kind of like narrating in between missions. Not really a big fan of that stuff. It feels like a game that should be like a mobile, casual game, and it's on steam and it feels like they tried to like step it up to be more uh more than that which i mean maybe it's just so you can charge more money and and make a a little bit more money with it and maybe that's a fair thing to do but um i don't know all those things just didn't totally work for me the thing that i do like about it is that it's solitaire so i'm like okay i like the solitaire part of it but mm, i don't know what are you playing on sean i'm playing it on steam i got it on the steam sale last month so i don't know if it is coming out for other platforms but like it could be good for the switch or something with a touch screen i think would be perfect um but yeah i don't know Uh, to be fair i've played probably less than an hour i think it's a pretty short game um but it just hasn't clicked for me yet and maybe it will uh but that's the solitaire conspiracy and then I just uh, just before you move on, I kind of like what they do. The Bithel game guys do with those like they call them shorts. So mm-hmm. that was like what they did with the subsurface circular and 
there was like a subsurface quarantine something circular else. I'm looking at right now. Quarantine. Okay. And basically like the two subsurface games are basically just dialogues, dialogue systems. And then they tell a story in there. And then this game is basically a souped up solitaire. And then they sell them at a, not a premium price, but like, I don't know what you buy it for, like maybe like five or 10 bucks. Like it's pretty reasonably priced. And basically it's just like a small game. They're able to spin out in, let's say, four to six months. And basically just try to fix the problem that a lot of studios run into where you have these big droughts with no real income. So they're trying to break up sort of like their bigger titles with these smaller little ones just to get a little extra revenue stream coming in to keep them alive. And I think it's pretty smart. Now, obviously, like some like people buying a game for a dialogue system seems maybe a little a bit of a stretch, but I think you can probably play that out if you only uh, you know sell the games for cheap like they're doing. And kind of like with the solitaire game, I mean, people usually pay, play solitaire for free. I mean, Sean, you could have just loaded up Microsoft Solitaire yeah. and play that to your heart's content and watch the occasional ad. Uh, but you chose to like buy this sort of like souped up version for a couple bucks. So I think it it does have a merit in the gaming space and I don't think that they went to sort of like a mobile free to play market mentality. I don't think it would have the same impact that they might be looking for. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, I do generally, you know, they're doing creative things and not every one of these experiments is going to pay off, but um yeah, I mean I'm I I've picked up most of their games. I haven't played all of them yet, but mm-hmm. uh yeah. So I yeah, I just uh, also wanted to mention something that I was playing a bit of on Apple Arcade. I think it is on Steam as well. Uh it's called Down in Bermuda. It's kind of it's just a puzzle game, but it's uh I don't know, it it has compelled me to come back to it a, a bit and uh I'm kind of into it now. But it's sort of a mix of I want to say like Monument Valley, a little bit of like Fez or Captain Toad because it's about rotating a 3D world around to look at things. But you're trying to collect these orbs and then uh, find hidden things in the level. But there's all these sort of little things you can manipulate. It also reminds me of, I don't know if you guys ever played Ganog, if that's how you pronounce it. It was like a VR game. Yeah, I remember that. and, it, and it's just sort of that game was just these little um, puzzle boxes that you can manipulate and hit buttons on and open things up. And you're just trying to uh, find things to get you to the next level. And it's kind of like that. There's a little bit of a story to it as well. And um, the art style's not ugly. I mean, it looks pretty I, cool. I, I dig it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like in between. Like, it's kind of a casual game, but some of the puzzles were a bit trickier than I expected. So um, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I would recommend it. Hmm. Nice. Okay. This is a genuine question. Do we usually alternate or do we just say everything we played? I honestly don't remember. I think we alternate usually. I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I'm just, I honestly, (laughs) because I'm like, I only talked about one thing. I've played other things. Sorry. I, yeah, I kind of burned through a bunch there. So, but I, I, we we should probably alternate. It's not a big deal. I just was thought it was funny that I couldn't remember what we do. Uh, <laughs> so I also played another game, Fuser. 
Have you ever have you tried know. Fuser yet, Sean? I finally I haven't tried it. Bit no, the bullet and bought it, it as part of the holiday sale, and I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't say I, I'm liking it as much as Rock Band, but it is giving me a bit of an appreciation for you know mixing and DJing and stuff like that, and the results sometimes sound really cool and interesting. So uh, it's it's been fun. I'm not hooked or anything, but. Uh, it is a cool rhythm music game and good to see some more cool stuff coming from harmonics. I really want a new rock band is what I need in my life and new instruments, but uh, I'm kind of thinking that is not going to happen anytime soon. But yeah, uh, I've been hearing a lot about this game, a lot of recommendations, and I'm still getting used to it. I think it's only going to get a bit crazier, but uh, in terms of managing a bunch of stuff at once, it builds up slowly but at a pretty good pace, I would say. So um, I'm not even into this genre of music, so to speak, but it's, uh, I mean, when you mash stuff up, it's like all over the place, all decades, all types of artists, all genres. So uh, yeah, I think, and you can make your crate and kind of pick songs that you want to use in your sets and it's pretty fun. It seems like this kind of maybe grew out of that drop mix game that they did. Yeah. It was actually like a card game. Now drop mix, I played at some point and I was like, this technology is amazing. Like uh, just, just using it with the cards and the phone and all that stuff. Like this is really neat. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. There wasn't much of a game to yeah, it. Yeah. It was more like was experiment or sandbox for having fun in a party setting, which is cool, but you know, I need rules. I am. I need a goal. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, at least this adds a goal element to to the game, which I like. Cool. And I taking off of your solitaire thing. I only played it extremely briefly, but uh, Solitarica was a free game on Epic. I had grabbed at some point, and it's a solitaire RPG. And what? Yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out. I better have this. I game. think I have it. I. Just, I was reinstalling the Epic Store, and I'm like, oh, let me just see if this works, and tried something out really quick, and kind of did the tutorial about it. I don't know what version of Solitaire the Solitaire Conspiracy uses. If it's like, if there's suits, like alternating suits or not. Uh, what do you mean, alternating suits? So there's lots of forms of Solitaire, right? This one is kind of like the pyramid version of Solitaire, where it's just, at least at the point I'm at in the game, it's just sequential numbers. Suits aren't a factor yet or anything like that. I'm I'm wondering if that gets incorporated later. But is Solitaire, do the suits on the cards matter? Because so far in this game, they don't. Or are there I mean, even there, suits on the cards? There are, there are suits, but they're just part of the order. And the... the um, or wait a minute, suits like, or suits. So, do you have to alternate clubs and spades with hearts and diamonds like a lot of traditional solitaire games, okay. or is it just yeah, sequential no, based I, I on the card think, numbers? I mean, they're they're they are there, but I don't think it, you have to alternate. Okay, because so far in Solitarica, they they don't matter, which you know threw me for a loop. Although there are versions of solitaire that don't use the suits, but uh, it's pretty fun. It's very well polished. Like it's. It's a pretty good game. I'd like to return to it. Hmm. There's just too many good games. Yeah. Tell me about it. I just, I wanted to mention too, I know some people are probably wondering if we're going to play Hitman three 
And I was I was raving about to you guys saying that I, as soon as I found out that there's PSVR support, I'm in. I haven't picked it up yet because I kind of found that I actually had Hitman 1 in my backlog of games. I had it from Games with Gold and Epic as well. So I played a little bit of that, and I'm kind of like that scratched my immediate itch, but I do want to try it in VR, and I'm hearing a lot of great things about that murder mystery level in Hitman 3. Which, if the whole game was that, I, that would be a day one purchase for me. But still, I, I do want to check it out. So, Yeah, reviews Eventually. have been pretty good for that game. I'm not going to fall for it again. Every time there's like <laughs> a new reboot of Hitman, I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. I'm going to do it. And it never takes. I'm out on Hitman. Not that they're bad game series, just I don't get them. Not okay. for me. All right, I think that's everything. Anyone else have anything they need to add? No. All right, well, thanks for listening. Check us out on youtube.com forward slash game junk, on Twitter, film junk, and my angry commute, and equilibrium sis. And game junk podcast. And game junk podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Next week, who knows what's going to happen? What? fake marketing campaigns these companies are going to come up with and create debacles they reverse it's going to be crazy i'm sure there will be something there's no big re- announcement or releases this week i don't think that i'm aware of uh is the medium out oh is that this week yeah it is yeah i think so there, it's on game pass also, as well. uh, cyber shadows coming to game pass which is like uh people who made um why can't i think of it shovel knight I think. Oh, yeah? I think. Oh, I didn't realize that was their game. Cyber Shadow. Oh, yeah, it is. Yacht Club Games. Hello. Mm. And that's another Game Pass? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Has this been out on other platforms already, or is it coming out for everything this week? I think it's just coming out for everything this week. It's like a ninja. Looks like their take on Ninja Gaiden, basically. So whoever asked that question about ninja games a couple weeks ago, check it out. Oh, boy. Gonna have lots to play on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.